So, hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabell, and today I'm speaking with Kelly Knox on Your Body is Not an Apology. Now, Kelly is a model, mother, and starseed warrior. She's a passionate advocate for diversity in fashion and um, with the aim of dismissing society's preconceptions about disability and change the beauty ideal. Kelly is listed in the Power 100 as one of Britain's most influential people with a disability. Um, over the course of her career, Kelly has worked hard to offer inspiration to those who need confidence. She's, she spreads her message of diversity internationally across, across many social movements. She supported many organisations, including Action for Children, Disability Confident, and has spoken at the London College of Fashion in their Better Lives seminar. Uh, Kelly is currently on the advisory panel for Be Real Body Confidence campaign. In 2006, she was shortlisted as Celebrity of the Year at the National Diversity Awards, and she's a regular blogger for Huffington Post UK. You're busy, Kelly. Hello. <laughs> oh, Steve, that was the most amazing introduction ever. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've met, we've had tea, so I know a little bit about your life, but you were born with a disability. Can you say something about your disability and how it affected you as you are growing up? Okay, so... Um... Yeah, I was born with part of my arm missing, just from below the elbow on my left side. Um, disability was a word that I never used. My parents didn't use it, my brothers, my friends, my family. Yeah. So um, I think growing up, I didn't see myself um, as disabled. I didn't see myself as having um, any kind of difference, really. Obviously, I knew my arm wasn't there, but it never really bothered me. Um, I think because from the word go, um, ever since I was born, I've always been really spiritual, which might sound quite crazy, but mm. it was like I knew I was more than my body. I knew that, yes, I have a piece missing, but that doesn't make me any less of a person. It doesn't make me any less beautiful. I knew that my soul was all powerful, um, all beautiful, very whole, and the capabilities that my soul had so um, I knew as well that being born into this body was for a very good reason um, to be of service and that was something that I knew from very young so um, I don't know, growing up for me I had a really great childhood lots of friends I never um, thought I couldn't do something because of my missing hands I learned to ride a bike when I was very young I think um, my mum said I was about five without stabilizers. Um, I could swim very young. So anything yeah. I wanted to do, I just put my mind to it and I did it. Maybe, I'm not sure if I did, but maybe I felt as if I had to prove myself. I'm not sure, but I've always been pretty fearless, um, confident in my body, and um, always knew I was more than a body. So I think growing up, you know, with my hand missing, one hand missing, mm. was just kind of um, normal to me. When did you realise uh, that it might be a problem for, for other people or, or society? A beautiful woman called Sandra, she used to look after me when I was little, she was a childminder, um, she was my mum's friend and um, when my mum used to um, go off and like, do something, I'd say, oh can I go to Sandra's house so I could play with the kids and um, she was just a really lovely woman so I just liked being around her, maybe she's a star seed. Yeah. But, um, she, um, she told me a story once that we were swimming and um, one of the other mums, I can't remember this at all, um, didn't let her child play with me because of my missing hand. And 
Um, I mean, things like that must have happened throughout my childhood, but it's, I never really noticed that. Maybe I didn't care. Um, I think as a teenager, that's probably when I first started to um, kind of feel there may be a problem with how society would view my body. Um, I did have a moment when I was about, about 13 where I would just cry myself sleep and I just thought why has this happened to me I don't like it I hate my body mm. um, I used to wish that my hand would grow I'd, I'd like fall asleep I'd wake up in the morning and my hand would be there of course that's just ridiculous yeah. um, but it was only for a short period of time that I kind of sat myself out of it but I just probably think that's maybe where it's other people's perceptions of me not actually how I felt about myself yeah. um, what about boys? Was it a challenge when you started dating? Not at all. No, never, no. Never, never got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. And okay. let me ask you, because you, 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 you went into the modelling industry. Now, the modelling industry, I don't know much about the modelling industry, but is it kind of cutthroat or is it a kind of an amazing place to work or a bit of both? Oh, God, yeah. Um, I mean, when I started modelling, that's when I first, for the first time in my life, I felt disabled because suddenly I was put into a box, suddenly I was labelled, um, I was seen as a disabled model. Yeah. So suddenly be labelled as a disabled person where throughout my life I never saw myself that way was quite challenging, um, quite hard to get my head around. Suddenly I felt very, um, I don't know, um, it wasn't a nice feeling because I've never felt that way before about myself. So to perceive to be perceived that way by other people was quite difficult. Um, obviously, the modelling world um, is a cutthroat industry anyway, especially when I started, like, um, you know, nine years ago. There certainly wasn't any models out there like me working in fashion. So, um, but then again, it made me more passionate about, um, you know, becoming a model because I felt that so many young people needed a role model like me where you can not be perfect, be different, have a bit of your body missing, mm. um, conform to these beauty ideals, these standards of perfection, but still actually be seen as useful and be successful and just to help others really embrace their body differences. So um, I think in the past nine years, it definitely has changed in the industry. It has grown, it has been, become more diverse, it has become more self-accepting. Um, I mean, there's loads of beautiful um, like, uh, curved models now, different body shapes and types, um, models um, of colour, which is amazing. You know, everybody deserves to be represented in fashion. I mean, we all like to look good. We all like, we all have to wear clothes. So why shouldn't we all be represented out there? Yeah. I mean, when I see a catwalk show, um, you know, that's full of like diversity in regards to like, body types and colour, um, skin tones, it just looks so bloody cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's really inspiring and empowering. Um, disability is definitely the last barrier to breaking fashion, but um, you know, 10 years ago, you didn't really see any curved models out there on the catwalk. But now you have, you know, supermodels like Ashley Graham, who um, um, I'm not sure what size she is, maybe a size 18, and she's absolutely stunning, like so beautiful and she's extremely successful, mm. one of the most high paid models out there. So, you know, ten years ago you wouldn't really you wouldn't have got that 
so it's amazing to think um, how far the industry has come along. Um, so I think it's time now for people, you know, models like me to, you know, be out there. So um, I feel quite excited to be part of this change and to know that, you know, I am out there breaking these barriers is, is very empowering and it's very important. Yeah, no, I, I think what you're doing is amazing because it's an area that I see that's so uh, affecting a lot of young, I mean, I've got two grandchildren and I see already one of them particularly is kind of already getting obsessed about the way she looks and, you know, the whole princess, Disney princess thing. And my daughter, her mother, is also been quite caught up in the whole image, you know, <clears throat> to the point that she won't go to school to pick up her children unless she's got a makeup on, that kind of thing, you know. So I see it's really yeah. affecting a lot of people and um, people close to me as well. So I, I think it's such an important message to actually, um, what is perfection in terms of beauty? What is beauty, would you say? When people think about beauty, they would automatically think about the physicality, you know, mm. um, you know how your body looks, your face, hair, eyes, or, you know, something on the outside. People, or most people, especially the people caught up in this, you know, beauty ideal of perfection, you know, what, Beauty is, might sound cliche, but it really is the light in your heart. You know, beauty is kindness. Beauty is being a good friend. Beauty is, um, you know, being there for somebody when they need you the most. Beauty is, um, you know, giving and receiving love, making people feel happy. That's beauty. Um, and there's no such thing as perfection. I mean, you know, we live on Earth. Earth is um, full of polarities, you know, light, dark war peace it's just the nature of our world um so perfection doesn't exist yeah everybody in their own right has imperfections and perfections um there's no right or wrong way has to be it doesn't matter um you know what your body type is your age size color um ability disability gender choice or whatever it doesn't make you any less beautiful, it doesn't make you any less worthy, it doesn't make you any less, you know, strong or powerful, you can be all those things and be who you are, so, um, yeah, it's, I think it's time now to stop aspiring to perfection, because if you just keep on aspiring to this so-called image of perfection, you're chasing something that doesn't exist, so you're always going to be unhappy. What would you say to someone <clears throat> who is unhappy about the way that they go in the mirror? You know, I guess there's a lot of young girls that do this. They look in the mirror and they're comparing themselves with some ideal that they've got from somewhere, maybe some magazine. What would you say to, to those kind of people? You know, imagine you're talking back to kind of your younger 13, 14-year-old self. What kind of advice would you give? Well, I think um, you know, when I was growing up, there wasn't you know, social media. So the young people growing up now, there's so much more pressure to be a certain way, look a certain way. And, um, you know, most images that young people see on Instagram, in fashion magazines, they are photoshopped. Mm. The person in the image, they probably, that's probably like the hundredth image they've put to, um, you know, get themselves to look a certain way. They've had professional uh, makeup, professional styling, professional um, hairstyling. So it's not, it's not, it's not real. So yeah. if you're going to face your ideal of perfection or, you know, chasing this dream which somebody looks like in a fashion magazine, it's not what they look like when they get out of bed in the morning. So it's, it's not real. I think the most important thing to do or be is just be a real 
weird, quirky, wonderful, imperfect, authentic self. That's the most beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's all about embracing and celebrating who you are, being your individual self, not trying to be like anybody else because you are you and that's the most beautiful thing. You can't, you're like a snowflake. You know, you can't be, you can't be clones and there can't be another you. So it's just all about embracing who you are, knowing that you are good enough and you are, you are enough. You are enough. It's time to step into your own power and say, this is who I am. No, I, I must tell people that I first met you on social media, wasn't it Twitter? Then I, I was drawn, to, I think your Twitter tag is Starseed. <clears throat> and I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to uh, connect with you. And then, and then we, we met at an event and then we met socially over tea. And I've got to say that you look as good as you do in your pictures, you know, but <laughs> what <Thank> shines <laughs> through you and what you were saying earlier is what shines through is there is a light in your eyes, there's a light in your heart. And this kind of kindness or desire to help people really shines through you. And, you know, I guess, uh, I don't know much about the modeling industry. Maybe it's not like that. But I, my, my idea would be that a lot of it's kind of a bit self-obsessed where you're not self-obsessed. You're really about service, aren't you? You really want to help people to kind of snap out of out of this stuff around perfection. Totally. Um, in, in my soul plan, I've got three ten ones, which is all about being of service. My soul destiny is 10-1. So, yeah, I'm here to be of service. And, um, I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to break barriers in the fashion industry and um, just in society in general to kind of um, help people understand that disabled doesn't mean you're ugly, unable, weak, powerless. To change what people see um, about beauty as well. Because, you know, beauty isn't one-dimensional. and It's not about... Um, you know, all these images you see on Instagram and in fashion magazines, it's more for that. Now, one thing that we haven't really, well, you covered, you touched upon it there, is that you also do healing, don't you? you you've trained in soul plan readings. You've, you've, you've worked, uh, you've attended kind of spirit guides uh, circles. You've done Reiki level one and two. Can you say something about this other side of you that probably a lot of people don't know about you? <laughs> I'm coming out the closet now. <laughs> yeah, pu pulling you out. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing because, um, I mean, all through my life, that ultimately that's who I am. So, um, I don't know, it's been weird because, like, growing up, I've always had that clear knowing, um, but coming from a family that's not spiritual at all, um, even though my dad had his spiritual side, my mum and dad broke up when I was very young, um, but growing up in my household with my mum, my mum was definitely not into any kind of spirituality. So um, I remember, like, you know, laying in bed at night when I was a child, seeing all this energy swirling around um, above my head, like in my bed, and I used to sense things and hear things and uh, see things. But I can imagine my mum would have said, it's in your imagination. And um, basically, I feel like, because of that, I was disconnected at a certain point in my life, and then, but every time I kind of had that kind of disconnection, it was like the phone would keep ringing. It's like that aunt, that calling of spirit, like something would happen where it would be like saying, "Hello, we're here. Come on, you need to be doing something now. You're you're here to be of service." So I'd have that constant reminder. Then um, I started getting back into things in 2009. I met. An amazing um, psychic medium called TJ Higgs. She had um, a spiritual centre in Wolfram Abbey, which is not too far from where I live. 
And um, I saw on her board outside, um, she had a trance and physical um, workshop. Thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So I just mm. myself up for that, not knowing kind of what I was getting myself into. And it was just like, I felt at home. I felt so connected. I felt like I've been doing this all, you know, forever. And um, like the healing side of it was very, very, like, just true to my heart. I even like now talking about it, my hands, like, my hand feels electric. It's like I had this innate, um, you know, healing ability. Even before I had my Reiki attunements and my, my, my Rahani, I remember when I was a little girl, my mum actually said to me, oh, you've got healing hands. I didn't quite understand what she meant at the time, mm. but um, obviously I understand now. So I um, started like, doing lots of spiritual workshops and stuff, and then um, my brother, um, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2010. And uh, within two months, he was, he was dead. And um, that was like a kind of two fingers up to spirituality, thinking you've completely let me down, just started doing all this again. I felt completely let down by God, by source, by spirit. And um, then the disconnection happened again. And it was really tough. And then um, then my dad, he passed away a couple of years after that. And then, strangely enough, like what I've, what I've been through all through my life with my dad and through his passing and his death, he opened me up again spiritually. And he kind of guided me towards Soul Plan and um, also Rebecca Campbell, her books and one of her workshops, and then everything just started happening again. I started like, seeing auras and seeing energy, and um, that was kind of the beginning of me opening up and being connected. But um, then I had my son, I got pregnant in 2014, I had him in 2015, and again, um, he opened me up spiritually. So um, it's been kind of a spiritual roller coaster, but I'm on the path completely now. Even though at times I feel it's all part of my um, my soul plan, my nine nine and my ten one energies. I do feel disconnected at times, and but when I'm connected, I feel so aligned with my true purpose. I feel so connected. I like talking to you now, like doing this. I just feel like yeah, this is me. This is who I am. There's so much I want to birth. There's so much I want to create. I know I'm here. I think starseeds get dropped into very dysfunctional families to, to yeah. heal. Yes. They do, don't they? <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> very, very third dimensional families. All the starseeds that I've kind of met, they've kind of had this similar kind of upbringing or been prompted into a very dysfunctional third dimensional family to say, this is what Earth is about. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I know I'm also here not only to you know, their service and heal other people, but also heal my ancestral line. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, well, Kelly is an amazing uh, person. So if you want to check her out, it's kellynox.com. I'm sending a link with this podcast. And remember, she is a model, mother, healer, and star seed warrior and yeah, fighting that. for diversity and um, reshaping our views of beauty. And uh, yeah, do check her out. Kelly, I'll be seeing you soon, I think, at the, the event I'm running. And thank you so much for, for sharing all this wisdom with us. Thank you, Steve. I love you.